Hey, this is the Pandola Project with your Monday motivation. I'm Matt Pandola. And I am Jake Parker. Welcome to Monday, part one of Habits for Success. Matt, how are you? I'm good, my man. I think I'm kind of running on fumes today a little bit, but I actually, I feel good. I just, I woke up super early. I do try to get up early, but this was at, I don't know, 310 this morning. That's pretty early. Yeah, so I'm just I'm I'm for some reason getting up earlier and earlier. I at first it was hard to wake up by 4:55, and then I was trying to wake up by four, and now I think I'm just I I, I can't stop it. I keep waking up earlier and earlier. You must have stuff on your mind, man. Yeah, well, no, I I think that it is actually in part, in all seriousness, probably the the training, the yeah. training I'm doing. I. I'm tapering a bit now because I've got this North Face Championship coming up. Just a few more days. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be on Sunday. Really looking forward to it. I've got my man, Bill Rogers. If you're listening, Bill and Emily, who's uh, Emily was one of the uh, the gals that I've talked about before in the podcast, overcoming some of her self-doubts and being able to kill the hill. She's ready to go kill the hill up there. Bill has... He's emerged, man. He's he's really crushing it. And uh, the thing I'm really excited about with him is nothing hurts. He's all his niggles, we call them, are mm-hmm. gone. He's really feeling great about this race coming up. I'm so proud of him and her. But I've got a little more energy, I guess, is the is what's going on because I think I'm just used to doing more, getting a little bit more exhausted and then really needing that full night's rest. Whereas uh, now I'm just like, man, what do I do with this extra energy? I just, I guess I'll just get up. Well, like last week's episode uh, 23 on anxiety, are you excited? I'm excited. Yes. See, you're not stressed. You're not nervous. You're excited. Yeah. And that's the main point, the most important thing. Of course, I do want as much recovery as possible. So you do, I tell my athletes this a lot too, but do your best not to expend more energy just because you feel good. Like I've had athletes in the past that, man, they feel so good. They're a cross country runner. Now they're going to play some, um, you know, Frisbee, or they're going to play some basketball or soccer or whatever, burn off some extra energy, but we got to store it up. Yeah, I had a weird PR day when I was just, I'm not a competitive runner. I was just out doing a jog, basically. And I was like, I feel great. I'm just going to keep going. Practically double what I had intended to do. The next day, I paid for that, man. Yeah, you got to be careful. It was cool. I was proud at the time, but oh my God, the next day, my calves. (laughs) Yep, the calves, man. I've I've been there before too, yeah. Like, I didn't know my calves could get that sore. That was a beating. But uh, anyway, good luck with that race, man. You're going to do great. And, you know, don't be nervous. Don't have that anxiety. And that is an excellent habit, turning that anxious energy into something positive. Absolutely. I'm I'm really excited to be able to have an experience with my athletes going to this as long as we all have fun. And it's not like that's the only thing you have going on in your life. You've got your daddy-daughter date night earlier in the week that's going to keep you up for a little bit, and then you've got to go race. Yeah. It's, okay. So that's actually the night before. And of course, this is nothing that I would suggest people do, but I'm sure all the fathers out there listening, if you've got a little daughter, uh, I have a seven-year-old. She didn't even want to tell me that this dance was going on. I found out recently and my wife said, well, you know, babe, she didn't want to tell you because she doesn't want to mess your race up. So it's seven. C7. And oh man. And uh, that just, 
uh, my, I, I just am so proud of the, the little person that she is, but I told her right away, we're going to this dance. Of course we are, but it is the night before. So that just means I'm going to get a little less sleep. I'll uh, go to the dance and then I'll get in maybe about four hours of sleep. But as long as I'm rested up going into that week, I know I'll be fine, but uh, I'll probably get up around two in the morning, then drive about four hours or so before the race starts. I'll have plenty of time to get ready and warm up and stuff. So it'll be fine. I'm sure I'm going to have a great experience. So I've never missed that daddy daughter dance. I'm wearing a tuck. She's wearing her little dress and adorable. It's going to be so much fun, but I wouldn't miss it for the world. I like your attitude as far as you take that man, because if you were super serious and I'm going to win this race, you would put your daughter second. And the fact that she's still first, that's, that says a lot, I think. Well, you know, Jake, that's along the lines of as a coach, for example, I decided a long time ago when I was going to be a coach, my main objective was no longer trying to, for example, make the Olympic trials or mm -hmm. something. And now I'm going to get into coaching. That is the priority is I'm serving my athletes. My goals come second. Mm -hmm. And so I had to learn to have a different approach to those types of goals. So it's very similar. But if I have, for example, my athletes were saying, hey, coach, you know, uh, you keep talking about breaking a five minute mile. There's a race at Boise every year. They have the mile indoors there. You should do that. You know, it'd be so great. We'd love to cheer you on. But the problem is that my athletes are competing in the very next race. And that's just a no-go for me. My focus has to be on them. So, you know, this is something that I've decided a long time ago. But of course, for my daughter, that's a no-brainer. Reminds me of one of your quotes, Matt. Don't build a house where you should have a tent. I love that. It's not my quote, but I, I don't know who said it. It's anonymous maybe, but I like the quote. So yeah, let's start off with that. So success, first of all, a lot of successful people that I have worked with over the years have actually quit time and time and time again. And that's what that is about. Because if you, for instance, have a mindset that you're just never going to give up. I mean, that's, again, that grit mentality we talk about. That's so good. And it sounds so great that you're just never going to give up on this. But because they quit at things that just weren't working for one reason or another, they were able to focus more on other things that were working and they were doing well. So sometimes it is the right thing to, to move on. So in other words, the mindset that this is just where I'm at right now, but I'm not living here. And of course, that could also be when you are working towards a goal, you're not quitting, but you're realizing that you're not going to accept mediocrity, for example, and you say, okay, this is not where I want to be in my life. I am here right now, but I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm just pitching a tent here. This is not my house. Yeah. If you put everything you've got into the foundation of that house, that house is there forever. That's right. So we, we just want to keep that in mind when it comes to moving forward towards our goals, whether that means adjusting our goals or realizing that it takes time to get there. And we may be feeling stagnant for a while, Jake, but we're just pitching a tent and we're able to move when we need to move forward. Yeah, that's a pretty open versus closed mindset, right? Absolutely. So what are the habits of highly successful people? 
what works. That's the theme of this podcast, Jake. We have talked a lot about failing forward already. So let's just get into how the best in whatever you're doing, how the best do it. And there are some common traits that we see. So I'll give you an example, something I really like to think about myself and I try to share with my clients, my athletes, or just whoever will listen. I want to dedicate maybe an hour a day towards my expertise. So Jake, if I do an hour a day, now that's not a long time, is it's it? It's not. And that's not, that's a lot less than what you hear. Right. And that's such an important point right now, Jake, such an important point. I hope everybody's really paying attention to this because I feel like we're overwhelmed with these objectives we have sometimes. And I'm overwhelmed right now trying to get my PCI course done. I told you about that. That's the psychological coaching one, right? Sports psycho. Yeah. <laughs> Sports psych. And I've got to get that done by December 12th. Yeah, I do feel a little overwhelmed by it, but I have been spending that hour a day. And because it's been now a year, I do feel very confident about what I'm writing about. And I basically have a final paper I have to do. So over the course of three years though, Jake, you can become an expert or elite if you're an athlete, let's say, if you're just working an hour a day at whatever this thing is. It doesn't have to be three hours a day. It doesn't have to be 10 hours a day, just an hour a day. And you can become an expert or elite. The idea is that it's more important to be consistent and get in that one hour a day, but every day. But think about that in three years, you can be an expert well, in yeah, something that's that, over a thousand hours. Yeah, right, right. Oh, you, you're good at math. That's good. You well, it took me math. a minute, but yeah, 365 times three. Yeah, that's a little more than a thousand. And the idea is it builds off itself, right? The idea is that because you're doing an hour a day, you're getting incrementally better, Jake. So Jake, here's a good example though. If we take an hour a day to learn whatever it is that we're passionate about. So for me, we'll say anatomy. And if I were to spend seven hours on a Sunday, it's my day where I can block out that much time, but the rest of the days I don't study it, I don't think about it, I don't incorporate it into my day. By the end of that week, I've probably lost much of what I've learned. Oh yeah, to me, that's practically useless, man. Practically useless. So, but if I do an hour a day, it's like, oh yeah, man, I was just reading a little bit more about what it is that that subscapularis really needs to do for my shoulder. And now I'm going to incorporate that knowledge with my client in a session. That's now giving me more practical information maybe I still have some questions that come up when I'm working with my clients. So then I go back and I realize that using dumbbells is not that effective. But if I go into a more transitional, like a cord or a cable resistance, that's going to be more effective. So this is just an example of how I can build off of my knowledge daily instead of trying to learn something maybe all at once and then probably not incorporating it and probably 
not even getting in that next Sunday for another seven hours. It might be three hours because of other stuff going on. So let's get in that hour a day of whatever you're passionate about. I mean, it could be artwork. You could be working as an artist. Spend that hour a day. It's going to inspire you to be better at other things as well. It's like studying versus cramming right? It's getting toward the end of the school year. You're cramming for the final. You may do a little bit better than if you hadn't done any cramming, but it's not the same as a semester's worth of study. And then practical implementation, time to sit quietly and think and not just study. Very different because I crammed a lot in college and I don't remember a whole lot of what I even did there. Right. So what kind of regret do we have and can we change that? I think most of us have regret and that weighs tons on us. So regret is usually surrounded by things like excuses. Sure. That will temporarily give us an out or we feel better because we didn't accomplish something or because we feel like we had other things that derailed us, but it wasn't our fault. Well, maybe it wasn't your fault, but all the excuses in the world are not going to take that regret away. And a function of our feelings, we tend to have more reaction at that moment to come up with those excuses and having that unfocused movement pattern, whether it be for a career goal or an athletic goal, that's the destination disease that we talk about. Do you want to build your house there? Let's keep moving. So how do we do this, Jake? What do we do? One of my clients, very successful, he talked to me about performance partners. He loves the fact that we do that with our athletes. And so we do meeting of the minds. Nice. And I'm so lucky that he is my performance partner for business, for, for my life there. And I needed to get that objective approach from him. So constructive criticism, but he will not let me get away the excuses. So Matt, you said you were going to do this. What happened? Excuse starts coming down. Yeah, let me tell you all the things that happened in my life. is so hard and I have all these reasons, but you're going to still regret it because at the end of the day, something didn't get done. And it's not that, look, I've had a lot of trouble with my truck lately. And then before I know it, I'm spending half my day going to the mechanic. And that can easily become excuse why I didn't get these other things done. And life happens. But what he's saying to me is, okay, so how are you planning forward from here? Yes, that happened. You can't really do anything about that. You have to bring your truck in. You're going to lose a couple hours there. You didn't get videos done you were supposed to do. But how are you planning forward? When are those videos getting done? Yeah, adapt. Adapt. So yes, those videos are in my schedule for Tuesday at 1030. And that's how I am planning forward. Right, Jake? That's important, man, because I think a lot of times excuses start and then you just excuse the entire task. Absolutely. You just write it off. Oh, I didn't get it done at seven o'clock. Therefore, it's not happening. So we, we said before that being reactive, that's a function of our feelings. We tend to come up with excuses. Being proactive, we are going to consider our values, but not our feelings so much. What is my why? Let's keep working towards our values because what you focus on is what you feel. So if I am focusing more on what excuse can I give 
the reason why I didn't accomplish this, that I start to feel that that's true. If I am more proactive and I say, okay, but my value here in my why is to be able to serve my athletes better, or in this case, hopefully the listener better, then that gives me the energy, the attitude that I need to be able to move forward and figure it out from there. And that brings me to capacity, Jake. What is your capacity? What can you accomplish in a day, in a week, in a year, in three years? We don't want to get overwhelmed with that. So that's where I talk about, well, can you at least give yourself an hour a day towards this focus, towards this legacy? Everybody can figure out an hour a day but you have to remain consistent with it. Yeah, it's realistic, but it's also challenging, but it's also going to keep you from burning out. Right. Discipline equals freedom, and if you add consistency to that discipline, you will have success. Maybe not overnight success. In fact, I don't believe in overnight success. Mm, Yeah, it's not much of a thing in my life. Somebody wins the lottery, for example. Did they really succeed? You hear about this all the time. Somebody wins a bunch of money and then within 10, 15 years, whatever, they're broke again. 10, 15 days for me. They didn't. They didn't establish any of those foundational values. So they're going to go off of what they're feeling and what they're feeling is, I just want a million dollars. So now I'm going to spend it. Yeah, I can buy a house and I can support my family and I can do all these things. And when you have to earn that along the way. You're going to have more bricks underneath you. You're going to be stable. You're going to make sensible decisions about your money and where it goes, et cetera. So yeah, you'll also have a lot more time to think about what it is you're doing and why, and you'll have a much clearer idea of what your goals are. So when it comes to goals, I do think that we need to extend our reach just a little bit, but hopefully not try to overreach. Now, when we set up our goals, because it's possible, we could have overreached. And some of those factors can come into play, like maybe you had gotten sick and you didn't plan on it. Maybe there was other factors in life, like you got a new job and now you have to put things on the back burners a little bit. So have a B goal in mind, always have a backup plan, but that keeps you on track and something that's going to maybe extend your reach a little bit, but also something that's going to kind of keep your baseline where you can work off of again, but not fall off of the cliff so to speak. So let's not fall all the way off our goals. Like we've talked about this so many times with nutrition already, for example, somebody gets off their quote unquote diet, they fall all the way off. Yeah, because it was so far over to this one side that if you falter at all, you have no base. So my A goal in that case would be, I wanna eat clean all day. But my B goal could be, okay, I fell off of my plan, but my B goal is to eat clean for the rest of the day. So that way, when I log tonight, I can at least recognize that I made improvements instead of just giving up on myself for the rest of the day. Yeah. If your B goal is to not eat McDonald's, you can still fail at that A goal. You can still eat other bad things and it just wasn't McDonald's. Right. Congratulations. You did, you did something. Yeah. I love that you bring up McDonald's or fast food joints a lot. Like that's so far out of my mindset, but I do think that people out there 
who have an addiction, let's say, to fast food or they it's almost like that guilty, I'm not, I, I don't do that. I talked to a client recently who was really upset because I happened to notice in his car that he had a bunch of, I think it was Burger King bags, <laughs> like a bunch of them. <laughs> and it's like, I caught him, but I just I just happened to be walking by his, his car when I was going into the gym and it was just right there on his dashboard, like I could see it and it's just obvious. So then I was like, oh, there's a, actually like five of those bags and he should probably clean his car out more, but... <laughs> And then it was like this sort of admission that, okay, so I haven't been sticking to this thing. And hey, dude, I get it. That that's, that's a hard thing to overcome. So let's put a more realistic goal forward that we're going to be a little bit more consistent with our process. Let's make a plan. Let's allow ourselves to maybe go to Burger King twice this week instead of four times. That's improvement. That's improvement. And I've been there, man. When I moved downtown, there were all the fast food joints right around me. I never liked them until I was like 24 years old and I moved downtown. Right. Be ready, be willing to be happy with your B goal. Just don't have a B goal, but then think it's a failure. If you get to your B goal, that is still consistent success in the right direction. If you don't fall off the beagle, you're still heading in the right direction. And I feel like there's a lot of criticism that people put on themselves. And we talked about that in the last podcast. We need to get away from that and we need to give ourselves some permission to fail at times and fail forward. So I talked about being on time in a previous podcast and we said we were going to talk about that again. Well, I can tell you guys I'm putting that off because I'm still failing forward there. I'm doing better all the time, but now it's our, it's been a couple months, but I'm at about 50-50 still, but hey, at least it's better than when I was late more than I was on yeah, time. Yeah, I've noticed a lot of improvements with you, man. You, you call me on time, you get here on time, you know, you're much more punctual. And I noticed the effort, which is why I think you should be proud of that. You are trying. I'm doing the same thing. My thing was staying up and watching Netflix. I fail at that sometimes still, but I am not so harsh on myself that I'm not striving like we talked about. If you haven't listened to our last episode 23 on anxiety, we talked about striving for perfection. And that's not the goal. I'm not trying to be perfect. It's okay if it's a Thursday night, not a Friday, and I stay up and watch a show because I'm not doing it all the time anymore. Right. And in my case, my beagle is at least to let people know when I'm going to be late because before I would just kind of get there as soon as I could, but it was like, I didn't even want to admit I was going to be late. And then, you know, you kind of walk in and you try to, you're only a couple minutes late. So you try to just mask it like, oh, maybe nobody will notice that I'm a little bit late. Now it's like, nope, I'm going to own it. And today's a good example where my A goal is to be here at four. I was here at like 4.05 or something, mm -hmm. but I texted you before I left and I'm not, I, it's not really a failure 
in my mind because I had an athlete who signed Division One basketball program. I'm so, so proud of her. And her parents were talking to me and, and we had a great conversation and it just spilled over a little bit longer, but uh, I wouldn't take that time back. I only get that once with this athlete. Of course, man. And I wouldn't want to take that from you. So you told me about it a couple of days ahead of time. I knew that was going to be the case. And then you let me know when you were on your way. I was like, cool. Yeah. And four o'clock is just a number. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not giving myself excuses there, but in that case, I think it's a good example of where the A goal was four o'clock, but the, the B version of that was to let you know I'm on my way and I'll be a little bit late, but this is me failing forward and getting better with that. Now to f- finalize that scenario, I would say that I have to realize that when I text you the next time, be a few days beforehand to say, I'm probably going to be there at 4.15. I tend to still cut down the time and think I can do everything I think faster. you make it a little hard on yourself. Yeah. Right. So that's what I have to work on more. All right, Matt. So now we know that's you. That's what you have to work on. So now what's your plan? What do you do about that? I need to be able to focus now, right, Jake? And I need to be able to get myself on track and stay there. So we talk about this a lot. We have to focus now on what we can do, stay in the moment. So I believe that we have to have good anchors there, Jake. That's my answer to that. Establish good anchors for yourself. So I can, I am, I feel like my flow when I'm really in a good flow that I can, I am is always present. So I want to focus on the things that I can do well. And I want to make sure I'm aware of the things I want to work on. Check out that previous podcast we did on that subject, but getting gritty, Jake, that is to me having a good anchor and being able to stick with those things without falling off of that plan, that's grit to me, not in the traditional sense, I think, where people are, I'm doing 100%. I'm, I'm, no, I'm failing forward. I'm making mistakes. I'm at 90%, but I know I'm improving. I'm focusing on what I'm doing well, and that's my anchor, and I'm pretty gritty being able to do that day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. I think that's the more gritty approach, and this is how we need to anchor ourselves. What do you think your anchor is, Jake, every day to keep yourself going? So right now, my focus is pretty similar to the I can, I will stuff. It's that I am calm, capable, and confident. Nice. That's... And that has really been helpful to fall back on because it's it's one thing when things are going well, but when, you know, negatives start to pile up, stress, whatever it may be, starts to pile up on you, it's really nice to have those anchors in your arsenal to fall back on because they will help prop you up. Your foundation is so much stronger when you have these things that work for you. So please check out episode 21 if you want to get more I can, I am type of affirmations going for yourself. But we'll finish with this for this part, this part one. How is my life going to change when I reach this goal? How is my life going to change if I fall short of reaching this goal? So for example, all too often, there's too much anxiety around these goals that we've set for ourselves in part I just ask my athletes very simply, if you don't win, 
quote unquote, if you don't achieve this goal and see it as a win necessarily, if things do fall apart on game day, how does your life change? Do, you, do your parents stop loving you? Well, hopefully not. Does your coach stop believing in you? A good coach doesn't. So that's my point is nothing's going to completely fall apart just because you don't achieve this goal. You're still going to be loved. You're still going to be supported. Things are going to move on. We take anxiety off of ourselves by realizing that really our life isn't going to change. Nothing is going to be able to take away the structure around us and the support we have. If you have the right support, then it'll still be there for you to achieve your next goal. So let's take a lot of this anxiety off of ourselves by realizing that we don't have to put all this pressure on ourselves. Good example is when I was listening to Bobby McGee talking to one of his triathletes just before she was about to compete and she was kind of freaking out. And I heard him say, you know, you don't have to race today. And she just thought about it for a second and I could, I could tell that there was a pause. And she said, no, I wanna race. And he said, good. And he knew that that would be the answer, but he was just reminding her, like, this isn't the end of the world and you don't have to do this. So, you know, he's of course, just this amazing coach that flipped the switch. And before she knew it, she realized that, wow, I really get to do this today. I wanna do this. And yeah, I'm just gonna do my best. Whatever happens from there is gonna be fine. So guys, for this first part, we're gonna give you a challenge or an assignment, if you will, write a story, your story about how you can fail forward. And this can be an example of your experience that you've already had or something that you envision yourself accomplishing, but write about how you can fail forward using the open mindset principles we talked about today. Next episode, we're gonna talk about what do we do after we've reached this particular goal or say as the listener, you have achieved a certain level and now you don't know what to do. How do we plan on our next goal? What do we do from there? So that'll be part two. I love that we have all these listeners that are sending us questions that are starting to give us good feedback. And so I would love to hear your story, guys. Please email us. It's pendolaproject at gmail.com. You've got a lot to think about for this next week. So we'll talk to you about this exact topic, part two, coming your way next Monday motivation. And in the meantime, we're also on Facebook and Instagram. You can always get in touch with us there. We love hearing from you. Yeah, man. And remember, Remember, every day, not just today, is your chance to be just a little bit more successful. Thanks for listening.